And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is one of those weekends I could hardly wait from Monday at three o'clock to arrive. In fact, I you know, would like about three hours today, but I'm gonna start the First Five today just by going over, I call the segment Twitter Files Explosion. And I really want to try to give a summary view of it, but we're gonna be talking about a lot during the show today. Obviously, if you listen to this show, you probably already know uh, that Elon Musk, who now owns and runs Twitter, decided on Friday evening after review of the kinds of items he learned that Twitter has been suppressing, hiding from the American people, he decided to do essentially a very large uh, dump of documents. He released documents uh, for the public's um, reading uh, that had been suppressed uh, by the previous Twitter uh, management team. Uh, to coordinate or arrange the way he did this, uh, he released these files that Twitter had been suppressing to one particular journalist um, whom he views to be, and he is, you know, more or less viewed as neutral, uh, named Matt, and it's T-A-I-B-B-I, Tayabi, T-A-I-B-B-I, and I did in my weekly newsletter urge people to follow him on Twitter. You know, you can open a Twitter account and never post just so you can follow people, but Matt Tayabi is something you must uh, follow. So what he has done, Matt has taken these files released by Elon Musk and organized them. Organize them so that you can understand. I'm going to, in just a minute, I'm going to go into uh, kind of more of the detail um, of what is uh, all in this major, major Twitter files. I mean, it's come to be known as Twittergate, although that maybe isn't the right word. But the short, long and short story was what Elon Musk uh, released for the world is the basic idea uh, that documents he they have now uncovered show the U.S. government, along with the Biden administration, although they weren't the administration, the Biden team, instructed the Twitter platform to remove political content. And the title, one thing Elon Musk says, it's a clear First Amendment violation. So everyone knows and has talked about Twitter and Facebook and many conservative uh, and, and many um, social media platforms are viewed to be leftist and they tend to silence conservatives and and really kind of hold up and um, help build up and prompt and promote um, left-wingers in this country. So what Elon Musk released, documents showing again, the overarching message is um, U.S. government instructed the Twitter platform to remove political content. And so the short, long and short it was, um, when the Hunter Biden laptop came to the attention of the American people, um, there was, it was a series of emails that had come off of that laptop. And the um, New York Post decided to run a story, had those emails, and uh, the New York Post ran this story, um, and basically was talking about this astonishing, in-your-face level corruption of Hunter Biden and his dad. It wasn't just about Hunter being you know, kind of isolated and had nothing to do with his dad. It had everything to do with his dad. So the uh, Twitter people, uh, the New York Post ran this story. The Twitter people decided to silence the story, to just shut it down. And sometimes you might have thought, well, you know, Twitter's trying to be fair. They're not sure where they came from or something like that. But what has come to the surface now is just it could not be more important to understand is that Twitter was engaged in election interference, hiding from the American people the content of the Hunter Biden laptop, and they weren't just doing it of their own volition. This, what was uncovered was how many entities were communicating directly with Twitter, 
public officials, elected officials, people who were representing political candidates and saying, hey, you know, you really shouldn't run this story. We don't like the story very much. And, you know, there were, to be fair, a small number of um, efforts made by people on the right to say, hey, can you silence this story or you shouldn't run with this story? But overwhelmingly, what involved, what, uh, you know, evolved was Twitter shut down all conversation about the Hunter Biden laptop and the tremendous corruption of Hunter Biden and his dad and family uh, that was obvious, evident from the Hunter Biden laptop. And so uh, the word that became to be used frequently was handled, like someone e email and say, hey, you know, so-and-so ran this story. You know, some news outlet ran a story and now someone's trying to post it on Twitter. You know, this is terrible. You can't let them. And so Twitter would respond, handled, and handled meant they just took it down. They took down reference to the URL, reference to the story. So this is Twitter directly engaging in the manipulation of the 2020 presidential election. It goes much deeper than that because it was also the Biden team. The Biden team to protect their guy was getting, was interfering with the public's ability to read and know the truth, interfering with the public's ability to post things they want to post. And so people are talking about, well, you know, well, Twitter is a private entity. You know, they're allowed to do that if they want to, but they are being controlled manipulated by, as it will talk about in a moment, by FBI agents, by the Biden administration. They're being controlled in what they put out. And right now, Twitter is trying to kind of defend itself. Twitter is saying, you know, we had a um, notice from uh, the uh, FBI that there may be efforts uh, to, you know, influence the election by people putting up essentially hacked content. And so they first took down the Twitter content that related to the Hunter Biden laptop by saying, well, you know, we, we think it might be hacked. And if it was hacked, you know, we don't do that. We never put things up that are hacked, which of course they do. But in any case, this is, this is the biggest story. I, I mean, the biggest story in, in decades, because what you're really doing, you're pulling back the curtain or you know, lifting the veil and understanding that the manipulation of one of the major means of communication especially for people who are really politically active, Twitter was not just supporting Biden and helping Biden and hiding evidence from the American people that would have made them question. In fact, there was polling showing a significant number. I think it was like a sixth of Biden voters said they wouldn't have voted for him had they, um, um, had they known about the laptop. So there's a great piece up there, Turley, Jonathan Turley, brilliant lawyer uh, and not a leftist. Um, he has a column up on the Hill, censorship by surrogate, why Musk's document dump could be a game changer. And, he's, what the, and the other thing was happening was the effort was made uh, to convince people at Twitter that this is, you know, this just must be, it might be uh, Russian disinformation. Um, you may have a, um, you know, this may all just be designed to interfere with our election, which, as you know, we were just coming down off of four years of the lie of the FBI and many in the government trying to claim that the uh, Trump's victory in 2016 was due to Russian interference. So among the things that happened, the story's getting out, the New York Post is telling there's this unbelievable content of Hunter Biden's laptop implicates many, many people. And uh, the laptop, in case you've forgotten this fact, the laptop came to the surface, not because someone hacked into it, but because Hunter Biden in his, you know, drugged out, uh, alcohol-sogged brain dropped his laptop off, laptop off to be repaired and forgot about it. I mean, just, I mean, didn't even know where it was, didn't even come looking for it. 
the owner of that uh, repair shop finally saw what that laptop was, what was on it, and he turned it in. So the FBI has had it all this time. He turned it in and said, this looks like really, really serious stuff. It wasn't hacked. It was actually dropped off by um, Hunter Biden, um, who could not, uh, wasn't responsible and, and was, um, you know, as I say, I think that kind of thing to do, uh, when you do something like that, you're, you're pretty far gone with your ability to think clearly to drop off a laptop and forget about it. So this was censorship by the government in uh, First Amendment freedoms. And so part of what is being discussed, we're going to get to this throughout the show today, but, you know, we need to ask, I'm going to ask you the question now and think about this. What is the, how do we get justice at this time? How do we get justice? Who do we hold accountable for the laptop being repressed? How do we hold them accountable? Um, and what should be done in terms of an election that was obviously in, in many other ways stolen? Um, if you look at the 2020 election we've had on this show, Dr. Douglas Frank showing irrefutable evidence of election fraud via algorithm, the, the, the um, manipulation of elections via algorithm. Uh, we have, have had that. Um, and then uh, I will mention also that part of this whole um, Elon Musk revealing things is that, <clears throat> excuse me, Twitter has been doing the same thing, it appears, uh, in other countries. They interfered, interfered in the Brazil election. We've been talking about Brazil um, at great length on this show. Bolsonaro was the incumbent president, as popular as Trump was as president, a real you know, pro-Brazil, uh, pro-Western powers, pro-freedom, anti-communist. The economy is doing great. The people are doing great. And so the left hates this, uh, hates that, uh, proving that the conservative Western civilization, free market, freedom of ideas, et cetera, is the right thing. So in Brazil, it appears that um, Twitter interfered in that election by repressing Bolsonaro information uh, and, and, and interfering with um, Lula, the guy who is the alleged victor, alleged winner in that election, um, who is closely affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, likes having his picture taken with Xi Jinping. I mean, the guy is just a, a, a flat-out communist, and many people in Brazil know didn't win the election, but, you know, they declare they have an election, they declare, declare he's a winner, and Bolsonaro is often running trying to complain about it or trying to bring this out, uh, and the media marches forward with the same way they're treating Trump and others, uh, sour grapes, he quit. I just want to mention one other thing in this first five about this whole uh, what's come to light because of Elon Musk and his willingness to be honest and to expose things that were hidden from the American people. Back at the time when the story made a little bit of traction and the Biden team was worried about the people who might actually believe that there was something corrupt about his son, which there clearly was and is. But what happened that time, um, there was a, a statement put out by um, very top former intelligence chief, intelligence officials, a statement put out by 50 of them, top former intelligence officials um, who put out a statement essentially saying, we think this whole Hunter Biden laptop, emails linking Hunter Biden to China, this looks like Russian disinformation. So the, you know, the, the powers that be on the very radical left who are former American, former intelligence officials, uh, headed up by Leon Panetta, former CIA director and defense secretary, John Brennan, un unspeakably evil man, former CIA director, uh, Mike Hayden, former CIA director, many, many people, James Clapper, uh, former DNI, 
these people, 50 of them, signed a statement saying this, all these emails, they sound a lot like Russian disinformation. I'm not sure the American people should uh, believe this. So they were trying to take Biden's side and discredit the story that was these were actual emails released, actual emails. Uh, you know, they were in this Hunter Biden laptop they had been, uh, which was then in the custody of the FBI, um, and those emails had been released and, and believe they were shared uh, with Twitter and others by uh, Rudy Giuliani. And so these people are saying, oh, this is a political hit job, it's not true. And obviously, we've all figured out, as with many things the left claims, uh, they were wrong at minimum, lying more likely. But these people who actually actively participated in dissuading the American people from understanding the depth of corruption that is the Biden family. Those people signed a letter, 50 of them former top intelligence officers, I went on and on and on, you know, trying to sound very high-minded. I, I think I linked for you in the uh, articles we linked today for today's show uh, what they actually wrote. They wrote just with very condescending, we are the experts, and we're really, we know everything. Um, and this sounds like Russian disinformation. So they utterly dismissed the emails and the information that were on Hunter Biden's laptop telling America, don't believe it, Russian disinformation. They're all kind of quiet right now, all 50 of them. I mean, not even, you know, not even speaking up to saying, hey, it turns out we were uh, wrong. So you have this massive uh, release of files. The Twitter files are being called. You have America now aware that Twitter participated with and went along with the efforts of many, many people on the American left to to silence stories, to stifle stories that made any of their candidates look bad. A particular one I'm going to come back to, I hope today, just to make a point of especially how egregious it was, what, among the things released, um, there was a, uh, there are numerous pieces of communication between Katie Hobbs, the then Arizona Secretary of State, so she's in charge of elections there, she's running for governor against Carrie Lake, she didn't have the integrity to recuse herself, so she stays in her seat, Katie Hobbs stays as Secretary of State. She's overseeing her own election, no conflict there, and she's communicating with Twitter, telling them things to take down. Oh, you shouldn't run this, don't do this, this isn't reliable. So Katie Hobbs, among many other people, um, implicated in this effort to just silence the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop. And people, this couldn't be more consequential. It just couldn't be. Because I understand Twitter is a private company. It's a huge issue whether any of these social media giants should have any regulation after all. I mean, aren't we interfering with their right of free speech because they're allowed to publish what they want or decline to publish what they want? But they participated, they colluded, if I, if I may use that word, with US government officials, with FBI agents, with government officials telling them what to run and not run and telling them to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story and the consequence was the American people didn't have a clear message coming out from Twitter or other places uh, about what exactly was really in um, the Hunter Biden laptop. All those emails were, of course, real. Many other completely disgusting things were in, those, in, in that laptop. But I'll just I'll give you uh, just quick highlights of what happened. Twitter's trying to say a little bit in defending themselves. You know, we, um, we try to not publish disinformation. Um, they talked about how the uh, New York Post... Uh, this is, again, the, this is being uh, put out there in a somewhat logical manner uh, by Matt Taibbi. Um, I put a link to his, um, his Twitter thread, uh, thread, the Twitter files to file one. Um, he's listing what occurred. Um, he's basically saying that you know, Twitter 
tried to live up to his mission statement at first. Um, they had to add some barriers to stop the likes of spam, financial fraudsters. But over time, they began using their power to limit what you could say uh, for political reasons. And so you had um, you had in October of 20, uh, October 14, 2020, New York Post publishes the Biden secret emails, the expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, and Twitter took steps to uh, shut that down, to completely shut that down. There is some of the emails that you can see, the internal workings within Twitter, people are kind of disputing this. Once it was obvious it wasn't hacked, they're saying, well, you told us to take these down because it violates our hacked, you know, hacked laptop or hacked computer um, policy, but this didn't, didn't violate that. These aren't hacked, these are in the laptop. And then uh, you had them talking about um, uh, remove a violation of the company. First it was their hacked materials uh, rule, um, and then it was, um, it got on to something else. Oh, actually, he's claiming Jack Dorsey knew nothing about this. I don't know about that. But in any case, um, they had people inside the um, Twitter kind of saying, this doesn't really make any sense. Why are we silencing this story? Doesn't really make any sense. And among the most telling things, and more of this will come out, but they consulted with members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats in Congress to say, you know, we're not uh, sure about what, what we should be doing here. And there were members of Congress, and I guess mostly Democrats, who were saying essentially that it really is okay if you don't honor the First Amendment, you know, isn't meant to be absolute. So members of Congress putting their moral authority behind the decision to shut down the publication of the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. People, if this scandal, if this scandal is not enough to wake you up, then I'm I'm very concerned about you and America. We're going to talk more about the reactions of other people in government and other places who are looking at this saying, shoot, this is huge. Uh, and we're also going to talk about some of the idiotic reactions of some people um, to this whole scandal. But I'll wrap up the first slide by saying this. If you understand the basic idea that Twitter is a means of communication and that maybe if you don't use Twitter, it doesn't matter to you, but to millions of people, they turn to Twitter. It's like their news source. It's like their only news source. And they have a few trusted people they read. And those people post things that they want to know. And you have Twitter, this little, you know, more or less radical left-wing um, social media giant suppressing one of the most explosive stories that would have rocked the nation in October 2020, the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which the FBI held onto for a long time. You had that organization shutting down conversation about that, taking advice and instructions from the FBI, members of Congress who participated and, and, and commented about, yeah, don't worry about it, it's okay, you can just keep it secret. Um, and the Biden team, the, the, the Biden then candidate Biden, but his team regularly communicating, telling him to shut down, you don't have to really be doing this. Um, and, and this can lead me into my next story, which was the FBI and a whole other angle has been caught in all this. I'll close out the first five with this point. If we have any meaning to the First Amendment, to the Constitution, the absolute right to freedom of speech, and you have government officials complicit, which includes the FBI, they are government officials, they're employed by the government, FBI complicit in shutting down stories on Twitter and government officials like Katie Hobbs and others shutting down communication on a major social media outlet. It is a First Amendment problem of 
of enormous magnitude. We cannot let this go and say, well, that's, you know, the left always does that. This is so consequential, not just because it caused us to look differently at the 2020 and 2022 elections, because it caused us to think going forward, how in the world are we ever going to get back to the free flow of information if the radical left, who is in the midst of taking down this country as we speak, can control what the American people know. This cannot stand. It is time to take more action and more on that later. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so, um, and longer than five, that sometimes happens. Okay, the next thing I wanna to hit today is the FBI admits its manipulation of elections. It manipulates elections via social media. So there's litigation pending. Um, there were two state attorneys general, um, excuse me one second, <coughs> sorry, um, the attorney general Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana. And they essentially are suing, saying, you know, they, they are going after social media giants, essentially saying that these tech giants, these social media companies and tech giants are blocking content and they are challenging them on their right to do that and what exactly they're doing. And they had a deposition. Uh, this is with the, um, a gentleman who's the FBI supervisory special agent, Elvis Chan. So the deposition was a week ago tomorrow. So the deposition was last, this past Tuesday, in which he was talking about the FBI's regular involvement, regular conversations, weekly conversations with the social media giants, telling them what they should publish and telling them what they have to block and shouldn't publish this and shouldn't do that. And you know, they, I'm sure they would say, well, it's misinformation or maybe it was a scam or maybe some, some other you know, foreign interference. The whole point was they, the FBI, who is in the, in the clutches of the anti-American left and has been even during Trump's presidency, the FBI, DOJ, in the clutches of the anti-American left, they get to decide what constitutes misinformation. And so they're shutting down. So this was this uh, testimony by FBI Supervisory um, Special Agent Elvis Chan. And the lawsuit is actually against the Biden administration, essentially accuses high-ranking government officials of working with the giant social media companies under the guise of combating misinformation to achieve greater censorship. So this guy is talking. Chan says in a deposition, on, you know, under oath on deposition, Along with the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force and senior cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency officials, the FBI had weekly meetings, weekly meetings with the social media giants, essentially talking about sending social media companies lists of, of internet URLs and social media accounts that should be taken down. This is the federal government, again, directly interfering with free speech in America, always under the guise, well, it could be misinformation, could be foreign uh, interference, and but there's no one to check what they're doing. No one to, so they are essentially, again, steering the election toward the anti-American left, toward Biden, and against Trump in, in, a, in just monstrous ways. In fact, the guy who, the um, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, um, commented afterwards, he says, since filing our lawsuit, we've uncovered troves of discovery that show a massive, censorship enterprise. We're deposing top government officials and we're one of the first to get a look under the hood. The information we've uncovered through these depositions has been shocking to say the least. It's clear from Tuesday's deposition that the FBI has an extremely close role in working to censor freedom of speech. 
And again, FBI is supposed to be on the side of law and order and defending the American people. Little aside there, all this FBI surveillance and not just surveillance like watching, but actually steering all the social media giants away from the stories they don't want talking, they don't want attention to, and towards stories they do. These are people who believe they have that mindset. You know, I've talked about in the past this kind of ruling cabal idea. They have this mindset that they really do need to be in charge of everything. They have to be in charge of what you know, what you think, and they can't let you make a decision as an adult, whether you agree with a certain viewpoint, whether you agree with them or not. They have that ruling elite class, FBI's mentality, that ruling elite class that says, we can't trust these peasant people, these simple common citizens to learn and read and think. No, we, we get to tell, we get to control what they think and, and what they know about. I mean, this, this is truly uh, the demise of America, the demise of the notion of robust freedom of speech and protection of freedom of speech. You have the left deciding we're going to control everything you know. As an interesting little tidbit, uh, one of the FBI agents who is heavily um, behind the Trump surveillance, remember all that was happening, they were surveilling Trump for no reason at all, claiming that they had this, you know, that he might have been uh, part of this Russia-Trump collusion, and then now completely um, disavowed, just embarrassingly destroyed uh, dossier uh, that has been, you know, just once, I mean, it's, it's just viewed as fiction now. But this guy, one guy was both behind that Trump surveillance and urging it and continues to this day to urge the legitimacy of the uh, Christopher Steele dossier, also participating within the FBI to help censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. The FBI's efforts to keep the Hunter Biden laptop story out of the news, that person would be none other than James Baker. James Baker, he's actually in 2020, Twitter's deputy general counsel. Seriously, folks. I, I'm getting all this around to say, so FBI is in the middle of, of manipulating things, uh, many elected officials manipulating Twitter, and then you get to what Trump had to say about it. So Donald Trump, so all this evidence is, you know, to be really clear, what Donald Trump is aware of now, and, and, and you know, millions and millions and millions of Americans are aware of, is the kind of information that Dr. Douglas Frank has produced on my show regarding the algorithmic ability to predict outcomes in every county of one state because by looking at data of one county of that state, if you didn't see the most recent interview with Dr. Douglas Frank on this show last week sometime, I forget what day it was, um, I urge you to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and listen to that interview because I can't do justice to the brilliance of his analysis in a short little summary here on this show. But that evidence exists. The entire concoction of the, you know, pandemic or pandemic, which necessitated the massive mailing out of mail-in ballots, many people reporting receiving multitude mail-in ballots to their home, the you know collection boxes funded by Zuckerberg. I mean, just you have issue after issue where the entire 2020 election was manipulated, including all the information you likely learned if you. Saw 2000 Mules, uh, the Dinesh D'Souza film. If you didn't, you, you need to see it. So you have you know, Dr. Douglas Frank, Seth Keschel's information. You have the 2000 Mules. You have everything Catherine Engelberg and True the Vote has turned out. And now you have Twitter, only because Elon Musk bought it, do we know that Twitter suppressed the entire Hunter Biden laptop story and, in fact, participated in mocking and ridiculing it. And you had the FBI complicit all this time 
in silencing communication uh, before the election and and then and and since that time, he's before the election in 2020. And I get around to saying, if you can't figure out that America's elections are manipulated, then I, I truly feel sorry for you. There's no other conclusion to reach at this point. America's elections are manipulated. They are not real. They are not authentic. They're not genuine, not honest. They're not ethical. They're just not true. They're just whatever they who manipulate decide the outcome's going to be. So Donald Trump reacts to the Hunter Biden Twitter files. And, you know, he does in typical Trump fashion. You know, he gets feisty. Um, so he made a posting where he was talking about he reacts to the Twitter files on Saturday by saying a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. And he goes on to say later, um, he says, uh, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, all of those players complicit in, in holding back what you can know, Donald Trump says, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? So this is Donald Trump pointing out, you know, it's a massive fraud. Everyone can see it now, unless those people want to hide their head in the sand and go, no, I don't know, maybe it wasn't so bad. So you have, you know, you have Donald Trump saying this, and of course, you know, there's instantaneous reaction from the left and from many left-wing sources just saying, oh, for crying out loud, there's always been fraud in every election. Probably since time began, every election had some fraud. You can't, you, you have to have certainty of the election process. You can't, you know, two years later say, hey, you know, we're going to redo that because uh, something unfair happened. Uh, mocking and ridicule is a particularly strong, uh, really ugly piece, uh, unsurprisingly, from the New York Times called Elon Musk, Matt Taibbi, and a very modern media maelstrom. And it's basically just a mocking tone about saying, you know, it's kind of like patting a little kid in the head, saying, let's not get all excited here. Everything's okay. You know, yeah, there's not great news, but it's okay. No big deal. Uh, and you also have people, uh, there was a, a New York Post piece, which was talking about, you know, sorry, Donald, uh, these are the real takeaways from the Twitter files. In fact, they're basically saying the Constitution was written by people who are intelligent and they understand that election fraud happens, you know, you try to prevent it, but there's nothing in the Constitution that would permit the throwing aside of a finished election. There's nothing in the Constitution, federal statutes, federal regulations, that would justify throwing aside this outcome. And they really, as the, they always do, they mock him. They mock him for saying this. Well, I have to say, Don Trump is sometimes his own worst enemy. You know, he kind of... Um, you know, he makes statements that are easy to puncture and ridicule. But I really want to pose the question, that's much of the show left today, what I want to talk about today is, what do you do about this? What is the right reaction? What is the corrective? I mean, do you say, for example, well, you know, since we don't have any constitutional basis to undo the election and we don't have any federal right of the federal government to force states to do certain things. I mean, you know, we really are kind of, it's, it's tough, it's too bad, we're sorry, but there's nothing that can be done. And that is really what the, the answer the left is trying to ask you to accept. And you have to understand, they're asking you to accept this when they are, um, when they're also, every leftist in this country, every state level official, 
uh, who has any input on policymaking. Every leftist in the country is opposed to any efforts at election integrity legislation. If you even want to have a voter ID, a picture ID, you want to have proof of citizenship, you want to remove dead voters from the rolls or voters who moved away, you want to clean the voter rolls, you want to tighten up uh, identification requirements, you want to reduce the number of early election days, you want to, at any other, every single solitary election integrity uh, piece of legislation is always and forever opposed by the left, and by that I mean by the Democrat Party. They never want any fix, any fix to the election system. So what they're arguing right now is the, the election was stolen of 2020. We had massive ways to do it. You know, we had the infusion of voters in the voter rolls, these phantom voters, they voted using these, um, these mail-in ballots that were then quickly the names are pulled out again. That's the whole Doug Frank thing. We have massive mail-in ballot fraud as shown in the 2000 Mules film. We now have massive manipulation, not just of the media and what the public knows, but complicit involvement of US government or state government officials and the FBI shutting down information. And nothing of what I just laid out, nothing that I just laid out has been corrected. Meaning if you don't do something, exactly the same thing will happen in 2024 in that presidential race in 2026, it'll happen forever. Because nothing that the conservatives or, the, I, can't even, I didn't even want to say it's a political party-ish exactly, it's just patriots who want honest elections, nothing that the what would correct these problems or eliminate these ideas, these uh, potential for, for, for uh, fraud going down the road, nothing has been eliminated in our state laws, nothing. So Donald Trump, Trump is at, you know, understandably frustrated. He's saying, what is it? What is the consequence? And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, but his reaction, of course, you know, quickly getting mocked, you know, and, and in fact, the people I've read the most who are really mocking Donald Trump's response are the people who always, you know, don't like him anyway, hated him. I mean, Liz Cheney is out with some withering tweet, maybe more than one, but I read one, just, you know, so obnoxious and proving he has no respect for the Constitution. Let me just ask you this, to think about this fact. If the Constitution requires the idea of one person, one vote, it requires elections as the means of the peaceful transfer of power, and the elections are utterly rigged by the party that allegedly wins the election, is the Constitution being honored? I'll tell you something else really important to think about. It's very true that we have to have, we have a constitution, we have to have laws, we have to have regulations. We don't have a structured country unless we have those things, the constitution, uh, you know, regulations and laws, the whole structure of America that makes liberty orderly. But there's actually a higher ideal than even those things. And I adore the Constitution. I am livid with these idiotic law professors arguing it's now time to get rid of the American Constitution. My own law school at Georgetown has some professors out blathering away about getting rid of the Constitution. I digress. What's more important than the Constitution and laws and regulations is two concepts. It's justice and it's truth. Part of what the left does is try to convince the American people there's no such thing as truth. You know, your truth, my truth, uh, somebody else's truth, truth changes. Truth is actually a real thing. It's actually a divinely provided thing. Truth exists. Facts exist. The concept of justice 
is a truly divinely provided idea for mankind. So if you have an election obviously stolen, you now have more of the means known to the public about how it was stolen and the American government officials' complicity in depriving the American people of information they should they have a right to have, this, the concepts, the, the, the just enshrining of truth and justice has been lost. We're saying truth and justice don't really matter. We just got to look at our list of rules here. Got to look at the list of rules, what the Constitution says. Now, I'm very aware people are saying, well, if you ever have a redoing of the American elections, um, which, you know, is, is one thing people are talking about, and, you know, you're going to, you, the obvious argument arises, well, once we start doing that, we're going to lose the whole country because the next time whoever loses is going to claim it was stolen and they're going to demand a re-election. And the next time whoever loses, they're going to demand a re-election. So you're going to have this cycle of just collapse of ordered liberty. That is the argument. It is not a, you know, a completely silly argument. It's not, you know, fallacious or anything, but you have to look at the facts. You have to look what happened in 2020. You have to look at the absolute manipulation of the election system, of the election laws, the, the flooding of America with mail-in ballots, the overwhelming proof for those willing to take the time to study it under understanding how the algorithmic data developed by Dr. Frank and others who finally comprehend it, they're recognizing our elections because we use electronic uh, means to uh, measure the ballot, to tabulate the ballot, the ballots, all the electronic places where interference can occur. <laughs> I, I mean, you have all these ways in which the election can be stolen, and yet, and and those are elevated. Those are the but the procedures are elevated, the rules, the process, the laws are elevated over the concept of truth and justice. It does matter that the 2020 election was stolen. In the first four years, and I'm going to get to why in a moment, but I may know it right now. So Donald Trump drives the left crazy. I mean, he drives many people on the right crazy, and they don't like his. I mean, at the minimum, don't like his tweets, his his what they view as his bombastic manner. They think he's too, you know, he's not presidential or something like that, like statesmanlike. But the fact is, Donald Trump captured the hearts and minds of millions of Americans when he ran in 2015 and won in 2016, and the country was on a great path back to freedom, bringing jobs back, bringing belief in America back, back securing the border, you know, building up the military after um, Obama's years of destroying the military. I mean, you really had a president reasserting America. That's what Donald Trump did. And this, this just infused the uh, mindset of the anti-American leftist, of the uniparty in Washington, would just rage and anger. They would do anything to get rid of him. Anything. They thought they had the 2016 election rigged, and he just, the algorithm got overruled, got overwhelmed by the number of people who showed up on election day and voted for him. So you had Donald Trump restoring America, restoring America regardless of whether you like him or not, what he ran on was a pro-America, make America great, anti-communist, anti-socialist, love of freedom guy. And this, the Uniparty cabal hates. And they spent four years concocting a Trump-Russia collusion, which was completely concocted in, in the minds of a small number of the cabal in Washington. No evidence ever emerged. Mueller finally had to come find the American people say, actually, there's not a shred of evidence. Sorry, we made that up. And so you have that. You had two impeachments over nothing. I mean, impeachments that were so absurd, 
the left and the, the Uniparty in Washington found him so distasteful because he actually put, the, he exposed the light of day to the Uniparty agenda to what these people were doing and taking down America, the greatest country on the earth. Trump exposed that, and they were not going to let him win in 2020, period, full stop. Did not matter what the people wanted, did not matter what the majority wanted, did not matter how great the economy was, didn't matter everything that was great about America. You know, unemployment down in every single, uh, especially the, the uh, targeted areas of the employment ranks that they always look at to say, you know, how is unemployment doing for women, for blacks, for Hispanics, or any other group they put in there. Every number was great. He, the country was coming back. And this was a massive assault on the uniparty mentality, which is tied in with a globalist mentality. All of that to say, we cannot let this guy win. So 2020 elections, they were not going to let him win. And then many means we all know about, now know even more right now. So the question really is, if you are a lover of America, the idea of America as founded, as spelled out in the Declaration, the Constitution, if you're a lover, lover of America and American freedom, and America's unique greatness, are we gonna say, well, I know, but we don't have a constitutional provision to allow this, we don't have a, we, we can't change the, I mean, turns out they cheated and they got away with it, what are we gonna do? Or are we gonna find ways to fight? And I'm gonna go into this next segment and talk about ways to fight because I saw something really interesting. It's actually almost amusing. So um, turning on to our next little topic here on um, what's next, who can do anything, this was the most amazing thing. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy, who just really, really, really wants to be the Republican majority leader again in the House, um, and he's not giving up, and some of the conservatives are saying they're not going to vote for him. I mean, it, it's kind of a mess right now. It'll be resolved pretty quickly. So Kevin McCarthy wants to be the majority leader, and he had this statement. He looked at this whole story about Twitter censorship, you know, the Twitter files, and he compared it to Chinese repression which is interesting because the Chinese are right in the middle of all this stuff all the time. So he compares it to Chinese repression and he ends up making the point. He says, so what can we say? What, whether we could even go forward or retreat? And he says, how is this different than what's happening in China today where they try to control every single person? Where is the uprising in this, in this Twitter thing? Let me answer your question for you, Mr. McCarthy. You must create the uprising. Kevin McCarthy and the Republican majority in the U.S. House must create the uprising. They must stop treating the Biden administration as though it is legitimate. They did not win the elections of 2020. The people in America voted for a continuation of the Make America Great agenda under Donald Trump, and that's just what happened. And, and they know it, and the Biden team knows it, and we know it, and my listeners know it. Everyone knows this. And yet, somehow, we Americans are supposed to have to live with the fact that they managed to steal the election and Biden is slow rolling the, you know, just ruining America at every turn, every step of the way. So Kevin McCarthy, here's what you can do. You can start the first day of the new Congress, assuming you are, you know, the majority leader, which I, I guess we're probably stuck. But anyway, if you're the majority leader, you can announce on day one, this body is not going to fund the FBI any further until we have full and complete hearings to understand all of this interference with the social media giants. We want to know about the meetings, who held them, what ju possible justification you had. We're going to hold hearings because the, the thing that the Republicans and everyone always does in Washington, they go, don't worry, we're going to hold hearings. I mean, hearings are great, you know, and so the 1% of America that ever tunes in to congressional hearings might grasp more truth, might say, oh, wow, I didn't know that. 
Holding hearings is like child's play. These people stole our elections. They stole our country to a guy who to uh, we all would have known was totally sold out and owned by the Chinese had they not repressed the Hunter Biden laptop. So the country's suffering under Biden policies, under Biden's just utter moral depravity and his just he's beholden to the Chinese and, and we're so we're all suffering for it. And so hold hearing isn't really actually enough. Speaker McCarthy, you need to stand up. And I am telling you, Republican majority leaders, in fact, the entire Republican caucus needs to stand up, locking arms and saying, we are not funding the FBI till we get to the bottom of this, till we have an investigation. We cannot trust the Department of Justice because they're also corrupt. We have to find an actual, genuine, independent prosecutor to look into. I have a couple in mind look into this what occurred with the fbi we have to bring complete we have to bring criminal charges if there's even remote justification they all have to be fired the fbi has to be cleaned out we have to have renewed law enforcement function in america that truly embraces the idea of the rule of law and of, of treating everyone equally they have no political agenda and who do not think their business is to make sure the american people do not know about things that they the, the anti-american left don't want people to know about Kevin McCarthy could do a world of good by talking about defunding, massive investigations, controlling. I mean, just, just take charge of the issue in Washington. Let the American people see how bad it is. Kevin McCarthy is whining there's no uprising because people don't know. Not enough people understand. No one in this country except the radical left who loves communists and wants America to be communist. No one in this country wants what the FBI did to America. With the Trump, you know, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, when with this current thing interfering in the election, and you've also got to begin to stop treating Biden and Harris as though they are legitimate. They are not. They didn't win the election. They are occupying the White House. They are occupying the White House, and there is a need for the leaders in this country to say this, to say they are not our leaders. They were not elected. They're not standing up for the American people. You could give a 25 point bullet point you know, speech in a two minutes of all the ways in which the Biden administration is working against the interests of the American people. But get strong, Kevin McCarthy, or else get out of the way and let someone else lead. Let someone else who has leadership and bravery do it. There is apparently, uh, this taught one guy, uh, Representative James uh, Comer, a Republican of Kentucky, who is apparently going to become the chair of the House Oversight Committee. He's promising, well, we're gonna look into this, uh, you know, big time, don't worry, we're not gonna let this go. I hope that's true. I have a few clips to play for you that are a little bit entertaining. Um, one is, just, I wanna play this because it's so funny. Um, so this, um, oh God, <laughs> they're all, I have a few good clips, okay. One is just, so people on the left are complaining about Elon Musk. Who does he think he is? He can't just let this information out there. So Elizabeth Warren was interviewed. They, they captured her walking around somewhere in the Senate, and she got captured in the funniest clip ever. We're quick, uh, quick and play, please, Emilio, my happy producer, uh, Elizabeth Warren on Elon Musk. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work.
Okay, let me just point out, I mean, Elizabeth Warren is a, you know, she's a communist and, and you know, she's a radical leftist. At least give her credit. She's pretty close to honest about that. She's complaining, who's this one person uh, deciding? And, and just, you gotta get the, Elon Musk is deciding that people have the right to hear the information. There's nothing wrong with that. She doesn't mind that Twitter suppressed all sorts of speech for a long time, even if Jack Dorsey didn't know about it, his top aides and assistants did know about it, rubber stamped it, said it was okay. So for a long time, America never heard the truth out of Twitter about the Hunter Biden laptop and a whole bunch of other things. That didn't bother her, but man, she's got her dander up about Elon Musk. And again, Elon Musk isn't doing the same thing that the former Twitter owners did. The former Twitter owners suppressed speech Elon Musk is speaking up. Okay, another really a little bit entertaining clip, just a, um, uh, which is um, also I sent to you on Mr. Emilio, um, is this uh, former RNC chair, Michael Steele. I almost feel bad playing because it's so flaming stupid, but let's quick play him. Um, but, the re but the reality of it is uh, putting those things back on the platform, uh, it juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech, um, really undermines the central, some of the central tenets of free speech is that it is, it is about, yes, the freedom of you to say things, but not at the harm or expense of someone else. And so when you're perpetuating lies and, and, and so forth, um, you're really kind of laughing in the face of this idea of what the platform he claims is supposed to be. For the party, um, they love it. I mean, they got, they got the world, one of the world's richest men, uh, helping them uh, foment the kind of distrust of the system. Okay, the reason I want to play that is, you know, this is what this guy, RNC, he was a former RNC chair, Michael Steele, so all these left-wing news outlets love getting him on because he'll just say everything anti-Republican. I mean, I don't even know whether he ever had a Republican thought in his head, but what he's saying here, uh, he's just, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a little bit painful. It's so idiotic. Uh, but he's kind of arguing that, you know, Musk is really violating the the precepts of free speech by letting speech be free, by putting this stuff out there. I mean, it's just, it's so idiotic. And really the left is just having a meltdown because what's actually happened for the first time is that, is that the speech is getting out unfiltered by their lieutenants, unfiltered by the left that keeps... Um, For everyone. So, I mean, he's, he's, I have met him before once. He's actually kind of nice, but he, he's just, he's not a serious thinker. And as I say, the leftists always love getting him on because he's a black Republican telling how um, bad Republicans are all the time. Just, I did, I mean, I, I could take time dissecting his remarks, but I think I won't bother doing that. Um, I will say, what I really want to get to um, in this final little segment um, on Kevin McCarthy, and, and, and before the last segment, who can do anything? I mean, the pressure has to be enormous on members of the House and Senate from the American people saying, you can't let this go. And Republicans are the worst, the worst for ever standing up for anything. They will stand up until the first, you know, uh, obnoxious headline shows up or the first kind of flaky criticism of them. And they go, okay, never mind, never mind. I'm gonna, I'll back off right now. And they're silenced. This is, I mean, the Twitter thing, because Elon Musk buying Twitter was kind of a gift for everyone who didn't really understand how extreme, not just how extremely uh, censor-oriented all the giant social media giants are, because they are extremely, um, you know, extremely pushing towards censorship and, and justifying it, basically saying, hey, we're private companies, we can do this. But now you have 
government officials, the DNC, the Democrat campaign of Joe Biden, the FBI, members of Congress, all involved, all complicit in silencing speech to keep Trump out. And on this um, speech thing about Trump, I, I will probably talk more about this, but it is really a good study in thought and people's capacity to reason logically that who get so hysterical about Trump. I mean, I, I really, I urge you to try to, because I have friends, I will never vote for Trump, or I held my nose, I voted for him. You know, you don't have to invite him for Thanksgiving dinner. You don't have to let him teach your kids etiquette class. I mean, he's not their teacher. His job as president was to lead the country and protect the American people and the border and our freedom and our God-given freedoms. And he did that really, really well. He did that better than any modern president, period. He did a wonderful job. And what really I urge you when your friends, I can't vote for him, you know, leave aside, you don't like his tweets or his personality, whatever it is you think you don't like, but really encourage him to think, how did the left so manipulate America? When I say the left, I truly believe the CIA that engages in endless mind manipulation games around the world, the CIA interferes, with, interferes using psychological operations in, in psyops in countries around the world to turn the people against their leader, turn them in favor of some other leader. They use it. They know how to do this. I think the hysteria with which Donald Trump is... Today's media, I just lost my connection. Okay. The, the uh, hysteria with what, what Donald Trump is greeted with the media in our country is, is manipulative. It's manipulated. It is not naturally occurring. It is just this hysteria. Uh, and when you press people, besides they don't like his tweets, I, I mean, look what he did for the country. And you'd rather have someone who's tearing down the country in the form of Joe Biden, abandoning the border, eviscerating the military, draining our, our uh, oil reserves, doing, I mean, engaging in foreign policy that helps the worst players in the world. And this is who you'd rather have, because after all, he, he does nice tweets. There is a, a benefit that, that uh, accrued to the anti-Trump team by their capacity to convince people just to get irrationally uh, hateful toward Trump. And, you know, I, I again, I urge you to think about, it, 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 we aren't even saying if the election was stolen. The election of 2020 was stolen, and, and the evidence is overwhelming. Trump is saying, hey, shouldn't it put me back in? He words it in a way that's kind of, you know, it, it's not a lawyerly bullet point thing. But he's saying, what is the answer then? We just put up with an administration that is working against the interests of the American people over and over and over. That, that's what we do. That's our answer. That's our plan. Because really, that is what the left is saying. That is what all these commentators are saying is, well, too bad, you know, Biden's kind of destroying the country, but hey, you know, and he didn't win either, and he's just installed and was stolen, but we're going to let it go. I don't know the route to solve it, but the answer cannot be the American people have to continue to suffer under the idiocy and the lunacy and the radical leftism, the communist-friendly current administration of Biden and Harris. They are not on the side of the American people. So lead me to the last quick things I'll tell you um, that this is just a teaser of this story. Um, I don't, uh, won't go into it much today, but uh, there is a case. Uh, there, are, there are two cases in federal court filed um, by two brothers. There are, there are four brothers in this Brunson family, B-R-U-N-S-O-N, Brunson family. The Brunson brothers essentially 
uh, filed a, they filed two different cases, um, and one of them is in a Utah, I think the Federal Court of Appeals. The other one is now sitting in the Supreme Court docket. And th these are cases, if you read the filings, clearly written by not a lawyer. I mean, written by very, you know, just basic, you know, human reasoning and, and basic, very simple uh, reasoning. But it's basically the argument that, you know, it's a lawsuit against basically everybody in the government, you know, the Congress and the Senate, because you didn't do your job, you didn't defend the Constitution, and therefore you didn't defend America when you were presented with overwhelming evidence of election fraud and refused to look into it. And that is the premise of the entire suit. So what's interesting have, has happened in this case is the Supreme Court has at least accepted the case for the next stage. What happens in Supreme Court cases is they will agree to look at a case, the nine justices sit down, and you have to have four of them agree they want to hear the case, actually live hear the case in the Supreme Court. Um, and if that vote occurs, if four of them agree, the case will be actually heard at the Supreme Court. So the Brunsons are basically filing this. Their argument is the Supreme Court, uh, I mean, excuse me, the, the federal government did not do uh, their job because, and it's not because Trump didn't win. It's not because of all these detailed and analytical things that um, Dr. Frank and others come up with. They're basically saying the 385 members of Congress, plus Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, and the former role as vice president, failed to honor the oaths of office, which swear allegiance to the Constitution by vowing to defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic. They would not look into the obvious, even on January 6th of last year, of, two, of last year, even then, the overwhelming evidence, they just wouldn't look into it. And they want the court to, essentially, their, their remedy they're seeking is to have uh, Biden and Harris removed. Now, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen, uh, but they run through a lot of arguments why uh, the conduct of that election, the conduct of those officials, they simply failed to do their job under the Constitution. And the only reason this is getting even a slight bit of attention is, I said a moment ago, because one of the two brothers' cases, the, the court has at least agreed to hear uh, within their nine member, you know, the Supreme Court's nine judges, justices, you know, they're going to review this case. And four of them agree to take it, they take it. I also heard, I don't have verification for this, by her pretty reliable source, uh, that the um, Supreme Court clerk contacted the Brunson, whichever one it is, one of the Brunsons, and said, could you address these following four points? Meaning they're actually paying attention to what it says. Now, I'm going to tell you, I do not think the Supreme Court is going to overturn the 2020 elections. I'm sorry to say that, but I don't. But I'm telling you, there has to be some way in the greatest nation on earth that the American people do not have to continue to suffer to live under the unelected and radical leftist regime of Biden and Harris, who are marching through the destruction of America at a pace unprecedented in everything they're doing, their foreign policy, domestic policy, their spending policies, everything they're doing is about locking arms with the globalist impending takeover. They just want so much to facilitate and enable and, and taking down everything good and great about America. So I don't know, the Brunson case is, uh, is getting a lot of attention in some you know, um, in some circles. Uh, and it's, it is interesting that the Supreme Court has agreed to at least take it that far and hear one, one hearing among the nine justices. Uh, but the bigger point, you know, this is kind of, I'll close out with this. The Brunson case is kind of like, 
it's kind of like the term that uh, Dinesh D'Souza used when he was, uh, he's the, his documentary, uh, 2000 Mules, which was about all of the mail-in ballot fraud and with information provided uh, to him, um, you know, um, from, from True the Vote, from Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, all the information they had gathered, the pinging of the cell towers, et cetera. The one comment that uh, really resonated with me, but many did, but one I really liked a lot, it was Dinesh D'Souza said, the protest of January 6th was the primal scream of the American people saying, this is not right. You can't let this stand. So you had that occur. You had that comment in the, the primal scream, very similar to what this Brunson case is. It's like the primal scream of the American people just saying, can somebody, somebody respond to the obvious reality on the ground, the truth? and the justice that matter more than all rules, regulations, constitution, everything, truth and justice, that we all know the election was stolen, that multiple people had to have been part of and complicit in and willing to support that. And we want somebody with some authority to do something. I'll keep you posted when I hear about the Brunson case, um, but I understand the sentiment of it very much. And, and as I say, the people who are just rolling their eyes at Donald Trump and his reaction to this Twitter files release, these are people like Liz Cheney, others who just have an irrational, uh, just just childish, imma you know, intellectually immature, politically immature, childish reaction. I don't like Trump, so therefore he can't be president. Or I never liked the guy. And, and not recognizing the monumental consequences to America of allowing elections to be stolen, of allowing government officials to participate in the silencing of free speech in one of the most popular platforms, in all the popular platforms that are available on the internet, and the government participates in that silencing, and all of us are just supposed to say, okay, well, you can't, next time we'll get them. Don't worry, guys. There's no next time. I wanted to get that point. There's no next time. If we don't correct this, call it out, expose it, do whatever has to be done to eliminate it, every election going forward will be just like 2020 manipulated beyond our control, ungoverned by truth and law, and with the outcome that the anti-American radical left in cahoots with very much of the deep state uh, ruling elite uniparty want. It won't be what the Constitution contemplated, which is self-government with people who elect their officials. It will be government by the whoever is chosen by the leftist mindset that is very much in control of America's elections today. I end the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today. We were talking about Twitter files explosion. Musk exposure of the Twitter files causes major weekend upheaval. Still reverberating, legacy left-wing media refuses to cover the story, but they can't stop the spread of it. Twitter files show active collaboration and collusion among Twitter, DNC, Biden campaign to control relevant presidential campaign news. Criminal intent to violate the Constitution's right to freedom of speech by the Biden DNC team. Suppression of disqualifying corruption embedded in the Hunter Biden laptop at the core of the collaboration and collusion. On top of Dr. Douglas Frank's findings, 2000 Mules, Mesa County Report number three, the addition of the Twitter files removes all doubt. The American people were denied a free and fair election in 2020 and in 2022. Their will as expressed in honest voting has been defied by the U.S. federal government. 
and FBI admits it manipulates elections via social media. Litigation brought by Missouri and Louisiana attorneys general against social media prompts deposition of an FBI agent. FBI agent under oath admits to weekly pre-election meetings with social media to coordinate takedown censorship of information adverse to Biden and the left. Brazen anti-constitutional behavior by what is now the USA Federal Executive Administration. Again, on top of Dr. Frank's findings, 2,000 mules, Mesa County Report Number 3, and the Twitter files, the addition of the Missouri and Louisiana FBI admissions remove all doubt. The American people were denied a free and fair election in 2020 and 2022. Their will as expressed and honest voting has been defied by the U.S. federal government. And on Trump's Twitter files reaction, Trump blasted the clear and obvious implications of the Twitter files, a stolen election, time to insist on fidelity to truth and justice. But inartful wording by Trump is often his own worst enemy. Trump's blast can be read as advocating departure from the Constitution. His intent is to shout that the stolen election abomination requires that the diamonds be returned, i.e. the 2020 election overturned and he be reinstated, or just have another election, and no existing laws or regulations should be allowed to prevent this outcome. Trump's sentiment is shared by a growing consensus of Americans, and not just the MAGA movement. The cheating and censorship and detestable behavior by the FBI, DOJ, and social media is too in your face, too over the top for all decent people, regardless of political leanings. And what next? Who can do anything? Kentucky Congressman Comer promises hearings and questions and to get to the bottom of it regarding Hunter Biden's laptop investigation and suppression. But does any American have any confidence that any actual accountability will result? A critical crossroads is ahead. Americans are tired of strongly worded letters and grandstanding photo ops by elected representatives. Either get rid of the rot and corruption through serious accountability or resign from office. This is why the primal scream Brunson lawsuit was filed and just might be heard by the Supreme Court. And the Brunson case far-fetched? Brunson case represents a grassroots primal scream demand that government officials abide by their oaths to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, argues that officials violated that oath in their behavior surrounding the 2020 election. Case is not brilliantly lawyered, but the passion and frustration of the Bransons are obvious. SCOTUS is considering granted certiorari. Brunson case raises a poignant and impactful question. If failure to adhere to the oath is never actionable, i.e. the American people can never sue to demand adherence, then why is the oath even taken? Is it merely ceremonial? Leftists will say the Brunson argument ignores the nuances of what it means to defend the Constitution. But denial of the First Amendment right to free speech, a.k.a. the Twitter files, is not a matter of nuance. Will SCOTUS shock the country and hear the case? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can you hear us now? America Can We Talk. Truth about America. Can you-